Brett Keen hosts a live international radio station on Spotify, Amazon, and many other services across the internet. His topics and subjects primarily cover God, religion, theology, philosophy, news, science, politics, games, entertainment, music, television, and movies. Brett Keen also writes books. His newest novel is called Afterlife Simulation. If you're interested in his merchandise, check out the links in the description. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. Today, I'm going to be answering a lot of questions about God. Some users on YouTube ask me some questions. I've had people ask me questions on the radio, and I've had some people ask me on Twitter as well as uh, Rumble. So I'm going to post a video. And the video will be sitting on Rumble, posted to Twitter, and I may put a link to it in my community page on YouTube. All right, so first I'm going to talk about how this started uh, to give an explanation of how I view or perceive God. And then I'll show the questions on the screen and then I'll answer them. Okay. So, answers for atheists. These will be simple and direct, so there is no possibility of con for confusion. One, atheists ask, who created God? God has always existed. The ancient entity existed before the universe, which means he existed before time itself. This began when the universe came into existence, according to science. See, time, matter... Everything that exists within this universe had had a beginning, as did time. So God, being the prime mover and the source, he was before that. He existed in an event before time even existed. That would make him eternal because time did not exist. I'm sure that'll make sense if you don't have a clock or a watch or some kind of way to be able to dedicate or pinpoint time then something isn't um, constricted by time. Number two, how can something living exist outside the universe? I believe God is energy. We're made up of energy. The universe is energy. God is the original source and prime mover. I believe that we are an extension of God's energy. God didn't use magic whenever he created us. He used parts of himself. He used the very essence of his energy to create all things. It's one of the reasons why God, like in the next question, why it is God has the knowledge of all things from beginning to end about our lives, because he's literally extended to it. If you were to think of him as a phone, we are an app. Can God die? 
Energy and matter does not die. Within the universe, it can only be transformed. This is a scientific fact that is undisputed. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So that means wherever the source of matter and energy, whatever that source was, according to science, would have had to have been something that is eternal. Because energy can't be created. That is what Einstein claimed, and that is what scientists of modern day believe. And I believe that God is that eternal source of energy where all things come from. How does God know everything? He claims to be the beginning and end. He says that several times in the Bible. He claims to be the beginning and end. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. Since he existed before time, his energy is eternal. Again, there's no beginning point or ending point outside the universe. Time started when the universe started. He's connected to the universe and nature, therefore he is part of us and the universe. That sounds very pantheistic. A lot of people believe that God is the universe, that the universe is actually alive, that our planets are alive, that everything that you see around you in space, the universe, through nature, is alive. It's one of the reasons why pagans so wholeheartedly worship nature, because they believe that some kind of living force or mind existed within all things. That's why paganism was very popular, as well as pantheism, for a long time. God doesn't make sense in the religion called deism because deism claims that God created things and then went away. If God is all things and God is the universe and he's plugged into us, then it would be impossible for God to scientifically not be aware or acknowledge us. That's why deism fails. Why did God create evil? The same question could be asked, why is there pain? Evil is defined as disobeying God's sin. In the Bible, when God has created the moral framework, he says that the only way you can commit evil or do wrong is if it's against what God tells you. If you read the Adam and Eve story, you'll see that Adam and Eve only committed evil whenever they did something that God told them not to. In order for you to have free will, God had to make you in such a way that you would have the choice to love him or not. The programmer put parameters that allow you to write your own script. In doing so, you choose your own fate. So God gives you a choice if you want to be with him or not, uh, that you can continue. And this next part, this last part that I posted is very important. A lot of people are concerned about this, and I feel that my answer was uh, given, that was valid and short and to the point. Why did God create hell? Hell is second death. I'm an annihilationist. I believe that God is life, that the only reason why we exist is because God is also alive and he's the creator. If you were to describe God as being a battery and you were a toy sitting on a shelf, the moment that you remove the battery, the toy stops working, it stops functioning. What will happen is the toy will no longer have any energy in it. It will stop working. The same with a radio or anything that operates on an energy source. If you pull the energy source, then you will only perceive eternal darkness and oblivion. You will cease to function. Your soul will no longer have the power or energy required for you to continue to function and exist, and you will die. 
But the Bible tells us that God doesn't wish for any of us to perish. He doesn't want you to pull the battery. He wants you to stay connected with him. He wants you to be a part of him so you can continue to have eternal life alongside him. So people came along and chose the option that they wanted to ask me questions that they didn't feel that I answered in my whole construct about what God is and what their purpose is and why God does some of the things that he does. Carl X, <clears throat> usually this guy likes to troll me and all that, but because he asked a valid question, I will answer it. What? Why not multiple gods? Okay. According to the Bible, and a lot of Christians are not going to like this, there are other gods that exist. Um, I know that some Christians say there's only one God, and the Ten Commandments say, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. According to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, And the Lord God said, Behold, then man has become one of us to know good and evil. Genesis 3.22 Right off the bat, God describes other entities that are existing alongside of him. Some Christians have argued that this is the Trinity, this is just another part of God. Well, the truth is, is that if God is the source of all creation, then God also um, would have other entities alongside him, but they wouldn't be like God. It's like a, there can be two women or three women but only one of them has actually given birth or creation to existence of their child. It's basically stating that there is other gods, but they serve different roles, as where there's one great God that actually created all things, basically the king of all gods. Let us go down and confound their language, Genesis 11, 7. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. So God actually speaks specifically in plural whenever he says that, and that can be found in Deuteronomy 10.17, Psalms 97.7. Oh, give thanks unto God of gods, Psalm 136.2. God is basically suggesting that he is the God over all other gods. No other God is like him. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Psalms 86.8. This is a person who's actually saying that there is no other gods like God. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Now I know the Lord is greater than all gods. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not bow down before them, nor serve them. Exodus 23.5 God himself is verifying that there are other entities, but he's instructing you not to bow to them or serve them in any kind of way. God describes himself as being a jealous God, that you are not allowed to go out and pick. He's basically telling his children that no one else is your father but me. And it makes him angry if you um, basically give validation or, you know, any kind of form of love or worship towards something that is not him. Just like you would expect if, you know, a, a two parents ended up having a child and their child was calling some other man daddy, it would anger the actual father. Great is our God above all gods, Second Chronicles 2.5. Our Lord is above all gods, Psalms 135.5. 
The other gods will die someday. The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens, Jeremiah ten eleven. So you have God actually saying that there are other gods, but they're going to die. They're not eternal like himself. They are created beings. God would have had to have created them, and they can't exist forever. Most people of religion believe that the angels were so powerful that God himself even referred to them as that. Even in the New Testament, the devil is mentioned as being the God of this world. Now, you can argue if you want to. You can say um, they were metaphorically being stated as gods, but the devil is actually mentioned as being the god of this world. It's as if he inherited it through the sins of mankind. So that's up to you. If you want to interpret his metaphor, fine, or you can just read it for what it says that there are other gods. In Exodus 12, 12, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. Upon their gods, also the Lord executed judgments, number 33, 4. So it's actually saying that God punished the other gods. If they didn't exist, then why would God punish them for? What's he going to punish if they're fictional entities, that they're not real? Why would God speak of judging or punishing something that isn't real? So God himself is actually verifying. There's literally hundreds of verses in the Bible where it speaks of other gods. The Lord is to be feared above all gods, for the Lord is to be feared above all gods. First Chronicles 16.25, don't sacrifice to any other gods or God will kill you. I could go on all day. Okay, so let's look at the question. So I, I think I did pretty good on dealing with multiple gods, right? So Damson comes along and says, what proof do you have that God, as you describe him, actually exists? Well, I've had personal experiences. There's over billions of people throughout the dawn of time, throughout the beginning of humanity, that have claimed to have personal experiences with God. Just because a minority group, a small, tiny group comes along and says that they've never had conversations with God or experienced them doesn't take away from the fact that billions of people have actually claimed to see miracles or see a manifestation of God. I mean, who are you going to believe? A majority of humanity or a small group of humanity who seem to be arrogant and rude? And the Bible says that not everyone is going to be able to speak to God. Not everyone is of his flock. God loves everybody, but he only loves everybody in the sense that is a part of him. There are passages where Jesus said, get away from me, I never knew you. So there are some people out there that God will never talk to or interact with. You maybe have done something, you've damned yourself. Maybe you blasphemed uh, too many times. And now God is not going to talk to you. Maybe you're hell-bound. I don't know. <clears throat> or maybe God is waiting for the right time for you to mature and be prepared. Your only reference for any of this book, and there are also on Islam, evolution, and Buddhism. Okay? So Islam, what does Islam think of Jesus Christ? In the Quran, Jesus is described as the Messiah. 
miraculously born of a virgin, performing miracles accompanied by his disciples, rejected by the Jewish religious establishment, but not as crucified or dying on the cross, nor resurrected, rather as miraculously saved by God and ascending into heaven. So besides the crucifixion event, besides the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection, they believe wholeheartedly that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. They believe that he actually came to the earth through a virgin. None of the other prophets in the Quran had any of this happen. None of the other prophets were able to command miracles or do anything, only Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had more abilities and power, and he came into this world through a supernatural virgin birth that even Muhammad himself didn't do. Islam has a great deal of respect for Jesus Christ. They just have a different perception for how he came into existence. And it's also one of the reasons why they have issue with Jews. They believe that the Jews killed Jesus Christ. I would argue that Jesus said, no man can take my life. I give my life freely. Jesus planned on the crucifixion. He planned on dying. So you can't really blame the Jews. Were there Jews who assisted the plan along? Sure. But whenever God said that he chose the Jews for a certain task, that doesn't mean that all the choices or tasks that God set at hand were good choices, at least for the Jews' account. Perhaps they were chosen from the get-go to be the people who helped put God on the cross. I don't know. And the Muslims, they seem to not be able to get around that, and they blame the Jews for that, for the destruction of Jesus Christ. Yet, on the other hand, they'll turn around and say, well, he wasn't actually crucified, God saved him. They believe that God saved Jesus Christ from the Jews. The Christians who are Trinitarian believe Jesus is God. Okay, so we took care of that. Islam actually believes in Jesus Christ. Some would say that Muslims and Christians believe in very, very similar views whenever it comes to God. Allah actually means God. All right. As far as pagans go, did you know that there are Christo-pagans? May consider the Virgin Mary to be a goddess or form of the goddess. Christo-pagans typically believe in the divinity of Jesus and that Christians and neo-pagan beliefs are not mutually exclusive. So there's many Christ pagans out there that I've actually spoken to personally that I've had debates and discussions with who actually believe Jesus Christ is real and they actually give him divinity. They declare him as being the son of God, and some of them actually claim that he is a god. The pagans, a majority of them, believe in many, many uh, gods, but they also, it's not an exclusive religion where they say, oh, some gods are not real, and some gods are fake. Even though some of them might have their own perception on that, a majority of pagans out there actually do. And they, if you look at the imagery, a lot of them actually show imagery of crosses. See, you got the crosses and the pentagram, but for them, the pentagram is actually uh, like a blessing. It's not of the devil for them. So the pagans actually accept Jesus Christ, a majority of them. What about the Buddhists? You mentioned Buddhism. Some high-level Buddhists have drawn analogies between Jesus and Buddhism. In 2001, the Dalai Lama stated that Jesus Christ has also lived previous lives. 
and added that, so you see, he reached a high state, either as Bodhista or whatever that is. It's like their, their most highest enlightened state that they have in Buddhism. And they believe that Jesus Christ reached the highest level or an enlightened person through Buddhist practice or something like that. <clears throat> so the Buddhists actually believe that Jesus Christ existed. A majority of them, or at least their leaders, the leaders of Buddhism actually believe Jesus Christ did the things that he did and he was enlightened and was on the highest level of enlightenment ever. So there you go on that. I feel as though I've answered all the questions here. And as far as evolution, evolution doesn't have any actual evidence for it. By its very definition, there cannot be any observable evidence. Richard Dawkins said that the process literally takes millions of years for any changes to be noticed. So being that, since most humans live to be 100 years or just a little over 100 years at most, there will never be a time where <clears throat> we get to actually see evolution take place. We can't see it. And by mentioning fossils and saying that dead things um, are proof that evolution is real is nonsense. They evolutionists claim that through the millions of years a creature would have turned into another creature we don't have any transitional fossils to actually prove that we since these creatures are extinct because they were replaced by a new transition we no longer have the original dna that they came from we don't have any of the material or properties of these dead animals from long time ago we just have old dirty ass bones we don't have the technology to be able to establish how old they actually are or anything the age of the earth has continuously changed over the years and the age of the universe has just recently changed from 16 billion years to 30 billion years old they can't seem to get the age right there was a test done recently well, when I say recently, I mean in the last decade, where some scientists were given rocks to try to determine the age of them. And the scientists claimed the rocks that they had in their possession were less than 10,000 years old. But another scientist came along and claimed that the same rocks were millions of years old. So they don't have the actual hardcore solid science whenever it comes to aging of the earth space any of these things the universe is changing all the time evolution cannot be observed the only information that atheists or skeptics or people who endorse evolution have is animations and cartoons and illustrations and book because you can't see it actually happening they have to draw cartoons and make CGI movies in order to make it appear as though something's happening. If you can't tell the difference between special effects, CGI, and computer-generated graphs, then you're an idiot. That kind of shit is not evidence for uh, anything having to do with the, the transition or changes of animals. So that's where it stands. 
let's see. He said, what proof do you have of God as you describe him actually exists? Your only reference for that is all this is in a book. Yeah, information tends to be in book stamps. And how about that? Isn't that a real shocker? And there are also books on Islam, evolution, Buddhism. Why do you choose to believe the Bible over any of those other books? Well, I don't just believe the Bible, Damson, as I pointed out. When Islam and the Muslims claim that they actually personally experienced Jesus Christ, I don't deny that. When the pagans claim that they adhere to Jesus Christ, I agree with them. When the Buddhists say that Jesus was one of the most enlightened, enlightened men on earth and that he seemed divine to them, I agree with them on that. They all agree. It's just you as an atheist who seems to have issue. You're the one that is arguing against all the other religions. Is where I believe that all the religions that exist and existed during the time of Jesus adhere to Jesus Christ actually being real. And let's not forget there's plenty of educated atheists who are in the history department and skeptics who also validate and verify the existence of Jesus Christ. There are even atheists out there who actually have a degree in credentials who have the right to be able to say what is real and what is not. As where a lot of YouTuber atheists, you don't even bother to study history. You don't bother to study the other religions, so you don't, wouldn't know what they claim. Had you studied the other religions, including Christianity, you would have known all these answers before I even had to make a video. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the bottom line because Stone Cold says so. God bless.